Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined in the studio by Ian Moyes. Now, just to introduce Ian uh, in high level before I throw to him to introduce himself, um, a quick summary. Ian was named the UK Sales Director of the Year by the Institute of Sales and Marketing. Uh, he's recently been ranked, uh, and I think he's regularly ranked, in the top 100 global influences on a number of topics, but specifically in social selling by Onlytica. Um, Ian, you feature regularly in leading uh, publications around sales and, and so forth, and uh, particularly podcasts, uh, which is kind of poignant given what we're doing now, around the world, not just in your backyard in the UK. And I noticed that uh, you know, you're know you a prolific uh, writer of sorts, but uh, recent publications include uh, Top Sales World, uh, the Institute of Sales and Marketing, and I think you're a fellow of the Sales and Marketing Association of Professional Sales. Uh, and you do a number of things uh, around that. You, you're a judge in the Women in Sales Awards, uh, and your day job is a sales director at uh, cloud telephony provider Natabox. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Les. Good to be here. Thank you. In uh, speed dating wise, if you're going to uh, introduce yourself uh, in 30 seconds or less, how, how do you just if, if you're in a dinner party or meeting people for the first time or, or at a client meeting, how do you introduce yourself uh, given the, the number of things you do in short form? Um, I certainly wouldn't put all, put, put all those accolades out. I guess if it's I'm presenting at an event, um, one of the things I typically do, if, it, if it's in the sales arena, is um, a lot of experience in sales um, at varying different levels, different sizes of companies, and um, the social thing came about by accident. Um, I didn't plan to get into social. It was more um, holistically. I've got into it over the years. So there wasn't suddenly a training course and I've learned organically. So I've learned on the job, figuring out what works, figuring out what doesn't work um, and just reading up things and looking at blogs. And, you know, I learned something new on this every, every day or so because there's so much t- what things you can do in terms of how you do it the tools that can help you do it, um, and the benefits you can get. So, so it would be very holistic and, and um, high level. No, that's great. And I, I, you've touched an interesting point there, which we'll get onto in a bit more, but the rate of change is so great now that it's, it's breathtaking to try and keep up. I used a term a while ago at an event where um, somebody asked me to describe kind of you know, the, the landscape of soul, and I said, well, look, I think really now, particularly around uh, social selling, that the the pace and the rate of change is so great that we're having to sprint just to keep up, but we're having to sprint in multiple races, right? Because it's not just LinkedIn, it's not just Twitter, it's not just Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook, Google Plus, etc. It's across the entire spectrum of selling. Um, it's interesting. I'd love to hear a bit more about how you know when, how early do you think you got into the space where you realized like there was an aha moment or a eureka moment where you just woke up one day and realized you know what I've got to get my hands around social. <clears throat> I don't think there was a particular time. I mean, link, LinkedIn was the instigator, I guess, because uh, particularly in sales and the sales environment, um, it was obvious you need to be on there um, to be uh, uh, visible, and people are going to check you out. Um, and slowly it's progressing, I guess, into things like link, uh, firstly on that platform, realizing you can use groups, um, how you interact with people, how you use it as a platform. But then I started moving away from the technology, being centered around the technology platform to more of a methodology and, and moving into how do you leverage other platforms, Twitter, et cetera, 
And then, but how do you then do it layered on top of that, the tools that do it rather than right. having to manually do everything? So uh, it's been a progressive learning exercise, I guess. And some, some of it's come from picking up little hints from people. Some of it's been from spotting blogs and, and take it, basically investing a bit of time and being interested in it. And once you start getting into it and dragged into it, 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 it there's so much you can learn. Twitter lists, for example, I didn't know about for many years and I feel an idiot now because of how simple it is and it's built in and what you can do with it. Yeah, that's very powerful. No one was there telling me this is what you should do. And I certainly with sales teams I work with now um, and uh, with other businesses I've, I've advised, you know, work to say, I can give you the shortcuts. I've had to do this the hard way of just figuring things out and finding something out way down the line that I should have known right at the beginning because there wasn't someone telling me here's the top 10 things here's the 50 things you need to do first i think uh in many ways what i would say from what i observed uh and and i should highlight that you know this is the first time we've actually caught up in real life per se in the studio quote unquote uh having been connected for for a number of years and chatting on different forums whether it's linkedin linkedin groups on twitter etc um so it's pretty exciting to be chatting to you in real life but i i my take on this is when i look at somebody like yourself where as you said you know there isn't a, a single course that you did or it wasn't like a eureka moment where you just woke up when i've got to get my arms around this to me it's almost one of those things where it's a natural extension for you because i would say it's just it's in your dna that you've probably been social outside of the social platforms all of your life and that's probably just naturally part of the the sales toolkit this is you know do you think it's fair to say this is an extension to what you naturally do that's in your dna and you're now just leveraging an additional series of tools to do what you do it should be um any you know sales is about engaging with prospects and customers listening um sharing information etc and that all maps into a social selling process but why isn't everyone doing it so right. if, if it was natural all sales and, and a very small percentage of salespeople um, understand social selling yeah and i think and well and that's my observation utilize it I think that's where you, you've you've been a standout in this space, and that you know in large organisations I deal with, that's exactly my observation as well. And that to me, it seems that it should just be a natural extension. But I think you've uh, sort of been leading this space as a thought leader in many ways for a long time. In that, to you personally, I suspect this seems like a natural extension, and it has been, and you've adopted it and you've you've leveraged it. But to others, it it, it isn't. I guess that kind of leads me to a question that I've been wanting to ask you, and that is that you know. If, if you were going to define social selling, um, uh, hmm. you know, how do you summarize that? You know, is it, is it LinkedIn Navigator that, that a lot of people probably know because companies get them to you know, a link? You know, if someone goes into sales, they get a LinkedIn Navigator account and people go, you know, there it is. Good luck. Um, um, and don't sink. You know, you got to learn how to swim. But if you're going to define social selling, what, what would it look like? So, real good question, and, and I'll give you context around that. So, yeah, a lot of people, when you ask us what social selling, say, oh, yeah, I know what that is. It's LinkedIn Navigator. And I think LinkedIn has done um, a really good job of relating Navigator to be the de facto for social selling. So, so they, they've engineered that, right? They've, that's through marketing, branding, and how they've communicated that. Um you know, I, I'm a judge on, on a number of sales awards, and you interview sales candidates, and we did one uh, back end of last year where social selling um, was one of the many criteria we were looking at people for. And consistently, that was my, my uh, um, right. question that I was throwing out was, well, okay, tell me what social selling is. You've got on here, use it, and that's 
how you're an advanced salesperson. And guess what? They're all coming back with LinkedIn Navigator. Wow. So social selling, is, social selling isn't a technology. It's a methodology. Yeah. The technologies underpin it. So yes, you, yes, Navigator is part of social selling. It's it's a tool you'll use on LinkedIn to enable the methodology of social selling, but it is not by definition a, a, a technology solution. Um, you know, social selling is about, uh, in in simple terms, firstly finding finding people, finding information, um, patterns, looking at the person you're going to engage with. What do they share on Twitter? What what are they about? What do they retweet? What do they? What's their profile on LinkedIn tell you? What's their agenda and all, all this sort of stuff? You know, then, then it's connecting. So, connecting to those people and finding a way to connect to them through social, uh, listening to what they yeah. what they do, um, sharing. So that's share, you sharing information either with them particularly that you feel may be pertinent through the, the relevant social platforms or as a general generic audience or creating your own content. Um, and then it's about engaging. So it's a mixture of those those things is, is the methodology and process. The tools enable you to do it, right? They enable you to find the person, listen to what they're doing, connect to them, share some content with them and engage in conversation with them. So the tool enables you to do it, but it, it, it but the tool isn't isn't the end end piece. It's it's um, that methodology. And if you think about the things I described there, that's what you do in a sales process. Yeah. Once yeah. you get engaged, and social selling for me falls in the first part of a sales process. The hardest part today, companies are having, and I've spoken to many sales directors and peers on this, is getting to the table in the first, is opening the engagement, getting getting the conversation going. That's where social selling can help. Typically, once you've done that, you're now talking to someone on the phone or you've got a meeting, you fall back into the traditional sales skills, the sales methodology process that you've always had. So this doesn't replace, again, this is a confusion people have, social selling isn't about replacing your sales process and taking orders online or over social. It's about um, how do you get that first engagement. It's a different way to get hold of them than the old days of writing a letter or right. sending a fax. Yeah. We moved to email, right? Now we've moved. Social is another tool set in your kit bag. It doesn't replace what you do, but it's a component of the overall skill set you should have in being a professional salesperson. No, that's a great summary. The other thing that um, always strikes me with this, and I, I love that you've commented that this sort of all comes back to your core sales capability because at the end of the day, it's people talking to people. When when I think about what happens in business and in sales, I think people forget that that you're not really doing business with a business. You're doing business with a person that you yes. know in your relationship, right? And that often we, we forget that because we sign up on Gmail and, and, and other free accounts. So we never see a person. There's no sales. It's just an utility. And a lot of that utility flows through to social selling in many ways because people think, oh, I'm just going to go social and put a tweet out and it's going to generate a sale. The other thing that I was, I'm keen on getting your insights into because it's such a, a confusing space is that when we think about, and you mentioned LinkedIn, you mentioned Twitter, and, and there's a plethora of, of them, but let's just stick to those two just for simplicity. Sure. I, I spent an hour once trying to explain to a group of people in a boardroom and try to get their head around it and and what we ended up doing was talking about the fact that, you know, when something's on LinkedIn, the correlation between a first level connection, a second level connection, being in a group, um, and, and, you know, the same thing on Twitter, if it's like, you know, whether you're, you're 
following someone or they're following you or you, whether you're on a list. And then you've got this challenge of, of where are the touch points? Um, you know, if it's a first level connection, you might see something appear on their wall if they post it. Then there's likes and shares and comments. If it's a second level connection, you might not see it unless somebody on your network shares it, in which case you've got to then hunt it down. If you're in a group, again, you've got things being posted on the group wall and you've got likes and shares and comments. Uh, then you've got group messages. And it went on and, and I realized that we nearly spent an hour talking about just the linkages and the and the relationship of that conversation on each platform. And this poor person got quite befuddled because they're like, well, do I do that on LinkedIn or do I do it on Twitter or where does it where does sure. it work? And on Twitter, for example, you know, there's a text tweet, there's a tweet with images, there's a tweet with uh, video, now there's tweets with with GIFs, yeah. you know, animated GIFs. Um, and again, you've got on each of those things, whether it's a text or text and image or video or GIF, there's likes and shares and comments. And it gets even more complicated on Twitter because now you've got tags where you can tag somebody and then it appears on, yep. on, on their private messages. And you've got hashtags, right? Um, how, how do you get that? How do you boil that down into some simple concepts for people to grasp when you think about social selling and all the little nuances that, that are quite overwhelming in, in many ways for folk who are not sad <coughs> about what that is? How do you boil that down into sort of succinct couple of sentences of social selling is this kind of conversation, but there are little quirks around each of the platforms? Yeah, that's a really good question because I, I recall when I first um, got onto Twitter and I, <clears throat> not understanding hashtags and the um, how you can share with other users, the whole fundamentals piece, <clears throat> when you get the other side, you think it's so simple and so easy, but no one expl- if no one explains it to you, it just feels difficult because it's a whole other yeah. language Yeah, and, and it feels like there's a lot there, right? So the first thing is it's not rocket science. It's not something you need to be technical to do. And it once you spend a little bit of effort, it all falls into place and clicks very, very quickly and becomes very easy. Yeah. Um, and it's a new way of reaching people, engaging with people um, in a more subtle way. Yes, you can pick up the phone and just try and speak to someone. And I would always say to someone, if you can do that and get through to the, the buyer, the prospect you want to speak to, do it because it's the shortest way of getting there. The problem is it's very unlikely you're going to do it. You know, the stats in the industry talk around it used to be an average of two calls to get through to someone, and now it's eight point whatever or nine calls, and other people are saying it's 13. But the more you call, the more you alert them you're trying to get hold of them. And if, you, if you're like me, you see the same number keep calling, you start to resist it. Mm. And certainly if they leave a voicemail and you know who it is and you don't want to speak to them or you don't see value in speaking to them, you back off. So that's going through the front door, right? That's the old traditional way. But if, you, that does, if that's not going to work, what's your backup plan? And often I find salespeople don't have it. Social is a slower process. There's no, there's no doubt about it, right? You, what you don't want to do is transfer the traditional method. And this is unfortunately where a lot of people fail at the first hurdle, is they move from it sending an email to someone to try and open a conversation or a phone call to, let's say, LinkedIn email, and the try and connect, and then the first email they send is, here's my sales pitch, and I, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. The, the yeah. wall already goes, all right, they don't nurture. So, you know, I've had great success in doing this. And I've got live examples when I do training on this around, um, for example, getting meetings and or engagement with CIOs of global corporations from cold. Right. And I haven't done anything magical. 
but I've been patient and consistent. So, for example, I've listened, I've looked at what they share, and if I find they share information that I've got relevance to and authenticity around, so let's let's say for me it's cloud, and I see they're resharing information around cloud, digital, digital transformation, have I got an article I've written or something I see that I can share and include them in? So it's not being obtrusive. It's not being full frontal. I'm sharing. I'm trying to get them to notice me in a subtle manner. And, and by going through this sort of process, what I've seen is I get them. The first thing I get to see is maybe they like something I've shared through and, and brought them into the, into the fold for. They've liked it. So they've recognized. They, they've noticed it came from me. And actually, that content was good. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, then, then I get to the point where they follow me. They've chosen to follow my content. Okay. What I don't do then is jump in with a straight, here's a sales pitch. What you're looking for, the perfect world, is you're looking for them to actually reach out to you or comment to you in something or for you to include them in a conversation with a number of peers that may interest them. What do you think of this article, boom, 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 and you get them to comment back. You've now got a conversation, albeit electronically, but they've noticed you and they are conversing with something that you've asked questions about. And it's the permission marketing piece, isn't it, then? Because, you know, the things yeah, you absolutely. touched on there, I mean, you, the, the key points that I just scribbled down while we're talking there that really struck me that jumped out was, you know, you've got to be open and transparent. You've got to be organic. You've got to be authentic. And more importantly, you've got to be consistent. But it still really pins on what you just talked about there with someone following you, which is effectively now giving you permission to to speak to them but still as you said you can't jump down their throat with the, the, the hard sell you still just keep being open organic authentic consistent and do your thing it's not until they almost do that permission marketing dating yeah, exactly. platform right it's like talk to me gently but do it at my pace and i'm giving you permission but otherwise i'll unfold it's earning, and go it's earning it, yes all those things are fine connect listen etc share yeah all of those are building towards earning the right to engage and not and, taking that you have a, a definitive right to engage. It's earning the right is the absolute key. And it, and it's really the, the, the thing that I find is, is when people get comfortable and they know you trust, they think you've got something to say, they'll invite you into their, their world anyway, right? Whether it's a follow or whether it's a comment or... Or, or, or invariably, I get direct messages saying, hey, can you call me on this number? I'm really keen on talking that about more. The, yeah. the interesting thing about that, I mean, I guess, you know, Social selling, I mean, does it replace traditional sales skills? It sounds like you're saying it doesn't. Um, it, it's really an adjunct to it. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely correct. You know, that, that's one of the fears I see. You know, bringing this into a business, sales leadership needs to support this because it's not going to be a dot. It's not something you just put people into a room and give them an hour session on and then they know it. It's got to be like it's a new skill. Yeah. Okay. It's not a fact. It's a skill. So it needs to be reinforced and embedded and supported. Therefore, sales leadership needs to be behind this. And unfortunately, what I see in a lot of organizations is sales leadership isn't behind it because they don't understand it. And they think they don't realize and, and appreciate that the buyer dynamic has changed. Why, why would you change the sales process? Right, You don't change it for the sake of it. You change it because something else has changed or and, and you, the impact you're having in your approach now is not having the same output and success it did previously. That is because the buyer dynamic has changed. Buyers, customers, prospects now react differently. They do a ton of research online. They can compare you. They, this isn't the old days where um, they, how do they know about, we're looking for a new XYZ 
whatever it be. Um, we'll try and figure out who's out there and the, they'll go for names they know or people have spoken to or they know. And they'll invite you in to tell us about you. Come and tell us about what you do and let's have a chat. Don't need to do that anymore because they can research, watch videos. They can see um, independent peer reviews. You know, the sites is, you know, there's the Gartners, there's the G2 crowds in the technology sector. Uh, there's TripAdvisor. There's all these independent sites where you can compare yeah. and get a viewpoint on something. So, so stats show, you know, buyers can do 50 to 70 percent of their research before they engage a salesperson. And the definition of a household brand uh, has always been this misnomer in my mind, and that is that, you know, my parents' generation, when they talked about sort of various brands, you know, whether it was Ford Motor Car or General Electric washing machines or whatever the case may be, I used to joke with them and say, well, you know, how did it become a household brand? It became a household brand because they just advertised until they beat you senseless that that was the brand that you knew in your household, right? It wasn't that often that that positive experience wasn't the driver. You didn't have a good value experience. You didn't get a good price or discount. It was just that that was the one that was a jingle on the radio. And the, the, the quote unquote household brand was the brand that was just advertising to your household more. Whereas now this whole social selling piece. Now, you talk about the celebrity experience, which I'd love to get your insight in the middle in a minute. But, um, you know, that that self-empowerment where now if I don't want to hear about you, I block you. I, I unfollow you. I disconnect from you. I get on don't call lists. It, that whole – it's so much easier to disconnect from that marketing space. And in our house, we barely watch TV. And if we watch TV – it's often binge watching through Netflix or Apple TV where there is no advertising. We're paying 5 or $6 to avoid the ads because we don't want ads. So how do marketers reach us, right? So I think there's been this, this big shift as you're talking where this concept of a household brand that's been developed through massive expenditure and advertising now has to be this conversation because people want you to talk, they want to engage, and they want to ask questions. But I remember hearing about uh, my daughter had a, had a group of friends at school who – uh, sent each other Instagram uh, pictures of what they're wearing for the day to compare. And it was interesting that the the certain brands were permeating for various reasons. And those brands um, had very cleverly engineered this model. These girls didn't come up with this idea. It was a concept yeah. that, that was put out there by a couple of brands saying, are you wearing the same as so-and-so? How do you know? Why don't you Insta them and compare in the morning before you go to school? So these kids in public schools were sharing pictures of what they're wearing and outfits. And, and my daughter said some girls put three different outfits on before they go to school to send it out and people vote and say, yeah, I really like that. And so they crowdsourced the popularity competition before they even got out of bed, as it were, on social, through <laughs> social selling. But yeah. the brands that had promoted that concept were the ones that these girls were going to because they had an affinity with it, right? Um, I guess yeah. it's interesting that um, you know when, when we talk about not, re not replacing traditional sales, where do you see the transformation of sales taking place here? I mean, it, it doesn't replace it, as you're saying, but surely there's a change in behavior and culture around sales that says, okay, it's not all social, it's not all phone calls and, and, and knocking on doors, but where's the sweet spot in the middle and, and what sort of changes or transformation are we seeing or what has to happen to get the point where people get the value of it, understand that the consumers want it, and it's sort of the new thing. It isn't going to go back. It's not like a fad. We've 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 moved this way. We're never going to change. We're not going to go back to just getting brochures. Where do you see the big changes in the sales process coming about? And I guess, you know, if, if there was a couple of takeaways, what should people be thinking of or be aware of in that, in that transformation? Sure. So I, I, I think that the, the drive for it, as I've said, is is the buyer dynamic has changed. So it's not. It, so it sh it, that that's the driving factor. Um, 
and so you know, if, if anyone listening is thinking, well, yeah, we don't, if, if, if you're listening and you, you've got enough in your pipe um, and you're finding getting new, new prospects is easy um, and then so you know you can argue well we don't need the social selling piece absolutely but that's not what i hear generically from most firms and the challenge i see is is that often the social piece sits with marketing and and let's split this so the social brand of the company um as a generic absolutely marketing side i get that and that's where you put out as you described something that you want you may want influencers to reshare right you may want to identify those if it's a consumer product those consumer influences who have the audience you want to get to. What social selling is about is is the individual engagement because the the, the customer buys from people. They don't yeah. buy from the company in effect, right? So so the brand piece is fine, but you each of your salespeople, you trust them to go out and meet a customer and to position and tell them about your products or services and to engage and converse. The fear I see in a lot of organizations is, yeah, but on social that isn't a one-to-one conversation behind closed doors. It's a public one. Yeah. So therefore, we're not going to do it. But but it's your salesperson's individual personality and style, and it's them that's going to be talking to that customer. This is a way to do it. You let them use email, but you won't let them use social. So so that's one of the biggest barriers is is businesses and sales leaders understanding what this is and stepping back and realizing actually this does have a value. It's the value is typically in the early part of the sales cycle in getting engaged with the prospect in the first place. And then we can fall back to all those other sales execution methodologies. It's interesting. You but if you're not getting engaged in the first place, you, you've got a fundamental problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you mentioned um, there was a comment that I picked up on around um, even just letting people use social. I'm still seeing so many companies that actually firewall social media out of their business because they don't want people on. You know, they are, oh, we don't want them on Facebook all day. It's a waste of time. And yet I turn around and yep. say, but hang on, you're in retail and there's 1.4 billion people every day actively using that platform that are market. I don't understand your thinking. Oh, well, people waste time. It's like one or two people that are just unable to manage their time, but they're, going, they're not going to make their numbers. They're going to fail in their job and you'll fire them. But surely you hire people and trust them to be grown ups and adults and, and mature, sensible people to run your business otherwise why did you hire them in the first place so as you said like they, they get email and you can email anyone on the planet that's very rarely firewalled except for maybe you know departments of defense or whatever uh, I'm, I'm still struggling with the idea that companies haven't matured haven't gotten the street savvy smarts to say social media is just another channel it's another conversation not only should we be allowing it we should be embracing it D- what are your thoughts around that whole dichotomy between you know blocking and firewalling social media versus just making it part of the one of the many tools that people have in the same way we did with mobile phones. Yeah, I, I think you've, and this is a political issue, hot potato in companies, right? And this is the hardest part um, because people have to let go. Marketing has to let go and, and, and say, okay, we're going to allow sales to do some of this stuff. Um, and what, what you don't want to do is have marketing control it and do it as a push. And that's what we see is, is they often happens is, oh, okay, now we're doing that. Okay, how are you doing it? And what they're doing is is marketing is producing everything and then just sending an email out saying, please share this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I see well, that all the time. Yeah, and, and it's okay. That's pushing it out to, unless those individuals in your business have got that audience, that's just pushing it out to their friends and family often. You know, that's not what this is about. This is about no. engagement. So, for example, I 
may want to engage with a particular prospective customer in my target list, um, they're not going to be following me right now. So me sharing something isn't necessarily going to reach them. But if I share a piece of content which um, has value to their CIO or has value to their head of sales um, based on I've looked and listened to what they say and what they do, and I've seen them post they're going to this event. So I can see I've got a, a, a gist of the personality of that person. I think this piece of content the company has created or I found generically has value to them based on I've just seen them post a conversation around they're a sales director in another organization and around challenges of growing lead pipe. And yeah. I've just seen this article talking about something. Why wouldn't you chip into that conversation and say, um, Ah, I was reading up on this as well, and I thought this was of interest. It, it isn't about a blatant, I no. want them to come to our trial page immediately. This is about being noticed. Yeah. Um, I want them to notice me and have a look. Did they notice my profile? Did they come and see and go, oh, okay, what do they do? They're going to notice the company name. Right? They're not going to suddenly visit your site. They might do, but it's about, okay, now you've noticed me. How do I nudge you again? If you kept bumping into the same person at 10 events, right, the yeah. first time you just chatted to them over coffee, getting at the coffee machine, they say, oh, what do you do? I'm here. But that was it. You bump into them at next event and next event and you keep noticing them, your yeah. rapport is going to get warmer and warmer to the point of you can probably have a meeting or start talking more in depth because there's a warmth there. It's about doing that on social yeah. And you can do it wider and quicker and faster on social than you can accidentally bumping into people. Um, so it, it's subtle. It is a skill. It isn't something you just have an hour's training on and get. Um, and it needs support mentoring in the business as a new skill. But anyone that doubts this has value in today's world, need, I think, needs to wake up and smell the coffee and go and look at what's going on out there. Go and talk to marketing and say, is the traditional marketing methods working? Are we getting as many leads as we used to at events, um, on digital, et cetera? It's changed. The world has changed. Yeah. The buyer has changed. The buyers, and particularly millennials, are researching and being influenced in a totally different manner. And if you don't get with that and stick to the old, you will pay consequences there's no doubt about it so my, so my answer to your question is you, you've got to kick yourself up the butt a little bit and, and be open <laughs> to something new right because the buyers the, the world's changed and we're never going back unless someone turns the internet off tomorrow what are your thoughts about the accessing interface for example you know once upon a time we used dial-up modem and web browsers nowadays we're using other devices such as smartphones you know mobile phones have been around for some time but it wasn't really till sort of the whole iphone effect took place that apps could run on the phone that we really utilized that mobility piece you know I, one of my first mobile phones was this brick it was so big that it used to sit in the console in the middle of the car um, me too i think me it was like a, a mitsubishi and i loved it right but all it did was just move my desk i was just dragging the desk around with me um but so the way i explain it is is that until smartphones came along and we actually had this this ability to make calls and connect to the internet and use apps and you know not just read email that that shift didn't happen but we trained people um and i say we the royal world is in you know, uh, Yahoo groups that have became a thing, then Facebook became a thing, then LinkedIn became a thing. So all of a sudden we've had it, these these massive unicorn uh, organizations um, build these platforms and and 
essentially brainwash us that this is how we communicate now. So, you know, when you go to, you know, we go to my son's soccer group, there's a Facebook group for the notifications in soccer. So I've got to join that. I have no choice. That's where they talk. And it's like, no, we don't print flyers. We don't put information out. We post on Facebook. So just join our Facebook group. And I'm like, well, I actually don't use Facebook that much anymore for that. I kind of use it for business. And they're like, well, you're just going to have to. That's where it is. Um, Similarly, LinkedIn, I think, you know, these days I, I struggle to think about how long ago it was since I met somebody and they didn't say, oh, just bring me a connection on LinkedIn. It's just a yeah. natural response, right? But but there was a time, I'm sure, and I can't even remember when that was, and that seemed really weird to say, oh, well, let's connect on LinkedIn. Um, for, for folk who are skeptical about this, and, and you know, uh, you touched on an interesting point there where, like, you know, maybe marketing still controls it, and maybe it's this, this sort of, you know, it seemed like a cannonball running loose on a ship in the notion. I mean, people are yeah. skeptical. For folk who are skeptical, though, I mean... How how do you get them from, I, I, I think I get it, maybe I understand it a bit, my teenage daughter uses it, but why would I let my, why would I go down this route of even bringing the concept of social conversation, social selling into the business? For, for the skeptics, how, how, what do you say to them to kind of get them to the point where they do sit up and pay attention <coughs> and wake up? What's the, what's the, the kick in the butt, as you said? Um, well, the easy one is to ask questions, right? It, it, to get them really to understand it, you can't. I, I'd love to give you a soundbite where here's, here's one sentence, and, and that's that, uh, yeah. the golden key. There, there isn't one, right? So, typically, what, what I found is when I spent a, a couple of hours with someone and explained and taken them through some examples, suddenly a light bulb goes. There's a you know, we see that light bulb moment, and then they've got 50 more questions, right? Because it's suddenly great, but how, but when, and, and what, and because they've got the foundation. The problem I, I've seen going into it is they haven't got a foundation. I don't understand this stuff. Um, I don't see how tweeting about, I've just had this great sandwich makes a difference. It's, like, it's not about that. It, and, uh, and with salespeople, I often see the first reaction being, yeah, I don't want to be tweeting all the time. Yeah, Guys, yeah. it's not. Even if you didn't do a tweet, right? Do you have a Twitter account? No. Okay. So if I said to you, give me 10 of your target accounts, let's go through, let, let's go through it now, and we go through... What, what do you do today to try and get into them? Right, let me show you a load of other things you're missing, both on, on across social platforms in general and approaches and what you could find out that you didn't know that then links me to, ah, can you do this to could do this to do that? Yeah. So, for example, let me give you a real example. Recently, in a, in a prospect negotiation, we want to talk about pricing, um, Get you get into that procurement piece. What if you could find out? And this was real. Um, that the agenda of the procurement person you're going to speak to is to get a five to ten percent discount because they have shared that an article on that before and the training they've been on. And by doing research around different things and looking and, and piecing this jigsaw together, I call it doing the Sherlock. People who know me know that. You know, it's it's spotting things that no one else is spotting. Yeah. And all the clues and finding five clues that piece together say, right, I can confidently know they're looking for a five to ten percent discount because that's their agenda. Now I found that from public information. Yeah. Now I know that. Are you having that conversation from a better place as a salesperson? Yeah, you that's know, a great do you point. Know, you know, have you have you seen that on Twitter they shared that they were going to a particular thing? And, and sometimes it's accidental. You know, your spot, um, they went to a particular college or they've shared something that's relevant to you. And you go, that, and, and it gives you that personal connection with them. That's, it, and, and the key is here, it's got to be authentic. 
Yeah, actually, don't try don't try and comment on something or, or engage with them on something. You saw they follow this soccer team, and you have no interest in soccer. Don't fake it. No, but if they but if they commented on a particular team and you support them passionately, you've got a relevant reason if there's to engage in that way, or you're both into sailing, or you 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 both used to go to this live in the same village. You've you know something now that is relevant. You can authentically mention to to make you connect. Yeah, and and I think the authentic piece is the real crux of it. There, I, I I go crazy when I see scenarios where people will produce some content of some form around their company and they might do a press release one day and then they might do a blog another day and then they'll do a, a case study on a PDF one day and then they'll do a white paper and then an ebook and then someone will present and then they'll do a video and, and it goes on. And what I find is that each of those pieces of content are disconnected from each other. They're just little flashes in the pan. And so then I chat with folk and I say, why are you just producing content that's consistent across the organization that, that communicates your value proposition and what you've got to offer and, 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 and so forth, and then multitask that content? And they're like, well, what does that mean? I say, well, you know, if you're, if you're producing a sales or a product or a price or some other update or information, tailor that content to go to different channels. Don't create content per channel. So in other words, you know, if it's a, if it's a sales and marketing campaign leading up to the end of the financial year or Christmas – Put your story together internally and then just communicate it through, you know, one one skewed version on your website that's consistent. One one push out through email, one push through social media for LinkedIn with a business feel, one on, on Pinterest that's a picture. But but talk about the story in the middle of it. Don't get confused about all the edge bits because the edge bits are really just the touch points, right? It's like your example of going to an event was perfect because when you get to the event and you're registered and you sit at the table and you don't know anyone and they're just pushing information from the, the, the stage or the panels, you get up and you go to the bathroom, bump, bump into somebody, say hi. You go to the coffee machine, say hi. But it's still you. It's just that all those touch points are unique. In one case, it's being said to you from the stage. In another case, you're bumping into someone in the hallway saying hello, not really caring. Then yeah. you're at the coffee machine waiting and lining and you're just killing time. And eventually, as you said, you bump into each other two or three times and you go, oh, I've got an affinity with you. And I think that's the, the disconnect that I'm seeing in many companies because there's a big – I mean, there's it's chalk and cheese between – um, retail selling and the Kim Kardashians being turned into a billboard versus enterprise sales, which I think is predominantly kind of where you're Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Right? And that is, if I'm in retail, yeah. I don't really have a personal relationship because I want them to buy it online on, on Amazon <coughs> or PayPal or eBay or whatever um, on my own website. But if it's enterprise selling, if I'm selling you a million-dollar widget, you're not going to do that on a tweet. It has to come centrally. Um, that leads me yeah. to another little segue here, and that is, I guess, the the consistent question then surely, and I certainly see this, and I know in, in given that you're living and breathing this every day, I want to learn about it. I want to, Where do I get started? How do I take advantage of it? For anyone that's in that space, how do they get to the point where they say, well, you know, um, okay, um, where do we start? What do we do? Where's the best place? How do we take advantage what are your thoughts on that? Is there a particular <coughs> platform? Is it LinkedIn? Is it? Do they need to do the Facebook business page and the the, the Twitter? I mean, what's your advice on on sort of just how to get started and what the key steps are to sort of you know even just get a, a, a sure. toe in the water? So so when I've worked with people on this, what, what I've suggested firstly, and the first question I ask them is, what's the outcome you want? What are, what are you trying to achieve? Yep. Not not let's sit here. Let's well let's immediately go into a plan. What is the outcome you want? Um, and, and it may be we want to raise awareness of our organization um, to a particular vertical sector. Or actually what we want to drive is more pipe. Okay. 
so it's understanding what, what are you trying to achieve in the first bit? Oh, we, we want our, certain of our execs to be seen as thought leaders in our sector. Okay, so it's identifying that and then mapping onto that. Okay, now what? 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 How do you achieve that? And then through to what? So what? What are you? What are the actions involved and what platforms do those actions need to be on? Um, a lot. A lot. What I've seen a lot of people do is, oh, we've got some social media advice, often from from our people who do our web stuff, and it's yeah, we've so we've set up all these accounts, all these social media platforms, and. We hardly, and what happens is they don't use them very often. They don't know what to use them for. They don't get instant um, success out of it, so they stop using it. Because well, yeah, we posted loads of stuff on Instagram, but we've stopped doing it now. Because they, if you didn't know what the objective of was, a map onto it that that was the right strategy. A, some of the stuff you're going to do is going to be pointless and failing. And B, did you map out how you're going to measure it and not? looking for instant gratification right so the first thing i say to people is, is the platforms there's lots of them what what is it you're trying to achieve and what is your product or service and who is the customer is it b2c or b2b if your product or service is very graphical so let me give you a real world example i i helped advise a friend um of, of ours who does cr- woodcraft and and creates things and done some great children's toys um and bookcases and and personal stuff that fits for instagram right because it's great it's visual and it fits for facebook because it's consumer yeah so i helped him right put let's put it on there Let's find the right name that it needs to be. Let's let's educate you on the right hashtags that other people are using. Who's the audience you're trying to get to? Right, let's look at how we're going to get to them. That will tell you the sort of thing to share, the sort of places to share it, um, and the way to share it. Because the, there's no point just doing it. In, you, you've got to understand who your audience is, who you're trying to get to, and where are they? And if they're not on Instagram, for example, you, because your product is to architects, or no, that's probably a bad example, your 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 product is something very non-graphical, um, yeah, and it's to housewives, it's and it's the consumer. It's probably Facebook, right? Let's pick the platform that is going to get you the outcome you want. Yeah. So there's no yeah. blatant one answer to this. It is you've got to map this through and think it through, and then do the right thing. And if Instagram has no value. Who cares? Don't use it. Don't right. waste your time on something that isn't going to bring value to you. And I think the challenge for some of these firms that I see is that we um, that whole language challenge, and I, I come back to this concept of creating a vocabulary and a language that's consistent across the business. You have, um, you know, you got brand people, you got um, PR people, and awareness. You got sales, marketing, engineering. Uh, all these different parts of the organization often don't talk directly to each other on a regular basis as much as they should. So you've got people across the organization where you might have a social team in sales and a social team in, in, in marketing and a social team in the PR group and a social team in engineering. How, how, do you see, how do you see people getting beyond that where it's like, you know, well, we've got our marketing social team or PR outsource with our press releases, go to AP Reuters, whatever, so we get them to do social. Yep. And the engineering guys say, oh, we, we put notices of our outages up on Twitter and the web page. How do people bring that together? How do you get rid of the silos is a good question. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's got it's to be from top down. You're not going to find... Uh, you, you'll have exceptions, but in general terms, you're not going to find individual salespeople breaking through this if the leadership isn't supporting them. Right. So you know, so the biggest fundamental challenge with social selling is it's got to be supported um, and embellished into the business from the top. Right. And if that isn't happening, 
you're going to get, you know, what's going to happen is you'll have one, one of your, 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 your top salespeople figure some of this out, starts to do it, and then the rule set comes down on them. Uh, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So basically, you're, you're taking the racehorse and putting a ball and chain around its ankle and hindering it from doing what you need it to do, which is be successful and, and go use those skills you've got. So the first thing I typically say is you've got to get the management together. So those silos, the leadership of marketing, leadership of sales um, and the brand awareness, the PR, et cetera, need to get together and understand where the different components fit and how it's going to interact. Otherwise, the minute sales starts to do something, marketing is going to come down as, as typically the brand police yeah. and say, no, you can't, 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 we can't do that. You can't share. We don't use any social account. You've just taken away a major advantage in your business and a voice of the individual to reach customers. What you do have to do, though, is help them understand how to do it. Train, you know, train them how to use social selling in an appropriate manner um, and, and how to leverage what the com- company produces as in terms of content assets and how to tune that into being personal. Because the company stuff's going out, but it's, it's very corporate. You know, the individual yeah. stuff will be more personal. If you see something from me, it, you know it's from me, and I can get personal engagement with you, as opposed to I've got a lot of people following me, but don't follow the company. No, exactly. Well, I've seen that. You know, I've seen very. La- I mean, banks. I've seen banks with like you know four, three, three or four hundred followers, and yet they've got a, a really, really switched-on savvy CIO or CTO that's out at an events that has you know thousands, if not tens of thousands, of followers and and, and direct connections. Um, and I've also seen companies make the mistake where, um, in fact, there's two things that just came to mind with what you were saying there. Um, in in one case, you know, they'll they'll put out a. I, I was dealing with a wealth management firm three years ago, and they brought in a whole new social team and marketing team. And said, right, we're going to put our arms around this thing and give it some love, and we're going to you know, get you out in the market, make some good noise. And the CEO down said, yep, cool, you've got my blessing, go crazy. So let's say Monday, an announcement goes out and said, we're all going social, everyone should have these social accounts. Yeah, make sure you've got a good bio and a photo and you're on LinkedIn and your CV matches with LinkedIn and get Twitter. And then an email comes out from the brand police saying that if you tweet, you must capitalize this as it's a trademark. And you, you know, and it was like instantly killed. And I remember uh, uh, there was an email on, on the Thursday and the head of social resigned. And everyone said, well, where did she go? And the, the, basically the unspoken thing at the bar on the Friday was I started on Monday. We had a great kickoff. By Wednesday, I'd been shackled. By Thursday, I realized I wasn't going to be able to be effective. I decided to move on because I had another option. And so in less than yeah. five working days, the brand new three-month engagement process to find the right social influencer and, and, and savvy executive reporting to head of marketing resigned because they realized they weren't going to be able to do the job because the brand police delayed. Um, and you, and then, then the other side of things I've seen, just as a commentary, is I've seen firms, uh, sort of the, the big brands, you know, HP comes to mind, and I love HP. They've got great products. Sure. But they made the mistake of trying to do what um, Bellaby & Co. did with Globemakers. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but there's a company in the UK called Bellaby & Co., and they are these Globemakers. They make these beautiful round balls with, with maps of the planet on it. Uh, and I think they even make one of the moon, but they take a long time. They're made by hand. They're hand painted. They're just incredible pieces of art. Uh, and I, I, I lust after them so badly. I want them, but they take years to make. 
they have this beautiful um i think it's their ceo or the whatever the the founder um his name's joe i think or sam or one of them was putting these things up on instagram and they went viral hp tried to copy the idea i think it was and i, I apologize to hp if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure at the time they took it on their new synergy brand hardware and said oh that's great we'll put pictures out we'll do the same thing but it didn't work because it's a completely different consumer space completely different product yep. space and you know people who are buying a bellaby and co globe fall in love with it in social and want one and lust after it and and will spend a year going for it if i'm buying a new mail server database server i'm not looking at instagram because it's got flashing leds am i exactly exactly and and that's part of part you know that's where the company can bring value is generating uh, and delivering to what would be your social advocates in your business um good content on a consistent basis and content that gives value to the customer, not data sheets, not sales pitches, not promotions is the top 10 of how to do something um, that people are going to clamor for that get them to engage with you and start to see value. But it is a slowly, slowly process. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'd, I'd say if, if there's sales leaders, people listening to this, the one thing to do is, you know, don't discount this stuff because you don't understand it or haven't done it before, spend some time to get an understanding of it. And if you are going to discount it, at least then you're doing it from an educated, um, diligent perspective, um, as opposed to just, well, I don't get it, and it just it just seems fluffy and marketing-wise, and I'll stay away from it. Yeah. Because once you get the other side, you start to understand it. it may be, you may not go full hog and, and use these 500 different things you could do, but if you can, if you use ten of them, you're ten. You're ten, you know, you're better off than you were. You can gain some marginal gains, if nothing else, over how you're doing things today. And it also will engage salespeople, by the way, because it's a new skill. It's something quite exciting. It changes how they interact. It doesn't replace, but it enhances their their sales methodology, and you know, engages your staff. It's a new skill you're training them and investing in them. So that's always a good thing. Wow, look, I think that's the perfect wrap-up. So we might call it quits there. I think that great takeaway point, start small, start early, engage your team and, and, and get some quick early wins. Um, Ian Mosey, you're the uh, sales director at uh, Cloud Telephony Provider Natterbox. Thank you so much for your time to talk about social selling. Some amazing insights in there. Uh, just to close out, where can people connect with you on social media? Sure. So uh, two easy places, and I'll, and I'll make the domains easier. Go to ianmoyce.co.uk, I-A-N-M-O-Y-S-E. That will take you straight to my LinkedIn profile, or ianmoyce.cloud. That will take you straight to my Twitter profile. Fantastic. Folks, do definitely connect with him and follow him on Twitter. Jump on there and send him a connection invite on LinkedIn. I've had the honor and privilege of, of, of not only just following you with engaging with you online, uh, and I, 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 I often wonder whether you even sleep. You, you're such a prolific uh, social engager, and yet you clearly provide amazing value to the likes of Natterbox. Thanks so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure, and uh, hopefully Thanks, we'll guys. be able to do it again soon. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks again.